Welcome back to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of autonomous vehicle engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi again, Alan. Uh, Good morning, Fred. Good morning. And we are very happy to have a couple of great guests with us this week. Michael Senna, publisher of the Dispatcher Newsletter, and Dick Mudge, president of Compass Transportation and Technology. Thank you both for joining us, Dick and Michael. Good morning. Pleasure to be here again. Well, first up, Dick, you and Alan co-authored a report for the Society of Actuaries titled An Update on the Outlook for Automated Vehicle Systems. And you start out by saying that reality has caught up with the hype romance of the popular press concerning the future of automated driving. The vision of driverless personal cars transporting us is disappearing. You want to go into that a little bit for us, Dick? What's that all about? Sure. We we all know that uh, the public's opinion of what happens in transportation is driven a lot by the press. And over the last five or 10 years, there have been more stories about transportation in the press than uh, probably in the the previous 50 years. And it's all about this vision. We could open our door and find uh, autonomous vehicles wherever we wanted wanted them. Uh, The press is now aware of the reality. It's going to take longer than people think. And in some ways, they've almost gone the other way and said, it's, said it may not happen at all. There's been a lot of stuff about uh, the problems. You know, the congestion may increase. Uh, it may not be good for sprawl and so forth. Uh, so we, we, we've almost gone the other way. Um, but, of course, in reality, as we point out, there's, there's a lot of positive things happening. You look at the, uh, the, the truck industry is, uh, is probably finally going to be, uh, be having commercial uh, customers starting next year. Uh, we look at technology in the vehicles. Uh, it's not driverless, but uh, more and more of the new cars people buy have, have all the sensors that you may need for driverless vehicles. So the public is getting it, but in a much different way. There's a box in the report titled Major Trends and Improvements in Safety, as you mentioned, really are the, are the lead item there. Well, I think this is something which people are sort of beginning to just accept as part of their daily lives. If you buy, you know, most of the new cars that people buy already have, you know, radar on them, they have, they have cameras on them, they have lane tracking on them, they have a lot of neat things. Uh, 45% of new cars have, 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 have autonomous braking, have, uh, have automatic braking on them. So there's a lot of that stuff that's out there. People uh, are, are getting used to the technology. Uh, now, one thing we do point out is a lot of people don't like it and they're turning it off. So it's not all being used. Uh, but if people over the next few years will get used to used to the the uh, feel that the car can do some of the things that a that a full autonomous vehicle will do. Um, and one implication is a lot of the safety gains that everybody has just focused on from autonomous vehicles those may happen sooner um, uh, because of with the cars that are already out there now. Interesting. Now you also looked at at where things stand when it comes to state and federal regulatory agencies. Uh, that's really a mixed bag, I suppose. Well, I think one of the phrases we have in there, we say public policy is stalled. Uh, and and I'm not sure that's necessarily a bad idea. Uh, I mean, right now, there's there's not over-regulation of autonomous vehicles. Uh, at some point, that may happen, but that, then that could slow things down. But the lack of regulations allows uh, a, a, a lot of technology to be developed and, 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 and to begin to be deployed. So in general, I don't think the fact that things are stalled is a bad, a bad thing. On the other hand, 
if you look at what's happening in a number of cities when it gets to uh, Uber and Lyft uh, and then TNCs, uh, some cities, New York being the, the prime example, are putting stronger regulations on. And that's not about um, automated vehicles, uh, but it does a little bit. It is a bit worrisome that maybe that will happen at some point. Alan, what are the chief concerns that, that, that you see here about what those agencies might be doing or not doing? Well, I think one of the benefits of the of the stall in the uh, regulation is that it's allowed for the technology to uh, that is focused really on the safety piece of this to actually get into vehicles without getting quagmired into the uh, the driverless piece where these vehicles would be out there um, uh, basically with nobody in them and um, and just driving <clears throat> driving around so i think in some sense that's good and and uh, as we learned uh, last week uh, the the numbers are beginning to to turn in terms of the safety aspects of of uh, automobiles uh the number of deaths on our highways is down a little bit uh, and uh, it's probably due to the fact that this technology which we've been saying uh, we called it safe driving technology is actually uh, beginning to find its way into vehicles and is having an effect uh, it's not just the the crash avoidance technology it's also the crash mitigation technology which we've been putting in the cars for the last uh, 40 years and that is now um, really um, uh, throughout the the the, the uh, cars that are on the streets today so the airbags the seat belts the crush zones and so on are really um, uh, saving people's lives uh, and so that's coming into play. But the additional piece that, that I believe is coming into play is that cars are crashing less because of the uh, the safe driving aspects, the crash avoidance technologies uh, that are that are the part of this wave that's been coming in, in the last ten years of um, uh, what people call autonomous vehicles. Uh, the issue that we now face is that if one uh, the uh, the real value of uh, having the car be able to drive itself is, is as we've been saying uh, for some time, is, is not uh, for uh, us to own one of these so that we can just be chauffeured to wherever we want to go, whenever we want to go, but in fact to provide mobility for those who can't drive or who wish not to drive uh, these become mobility machines, uh, as we've called them, and and that's the real opportunity. So the reality of of those um, is um, is uh, coming possibly into play now. Uh, but now we, we, in terms of uh, putting these into individuals' hands, while most people might um, might properly use these and properly respect the, these technologies, there are also always a few out there on the tail of the distribution uh, that would uh, not necessarily use them um, as uh, as appropriate and basically begin to ruin it for everybody. And uh, this is, um, of course, what uh, we talked about last time with respect to smart summon uh, excuse me, stupid summon. <laughs> We're going to get of, into that. Um, of Tesla, 
you know, going out there and saying, oh, my goodness, you now have a radio control car out there and you've been playing with one in your in your basement with your kid and now go out there and run it down the street. And it's just crazy. And, and so um, uh, that's really what's going to spur uh, the public reaction and, and, and public uh, regulation and and uh, my goodness i hope that um, that they don't overregulate that um, and uh, and just maybe um, you know, have the elon will slap down for elon or something i don't know come on you're selling all these cars you're making a profit uh, uh, you know um, be happy and let's let's cool it a little bit anyway michael in the latest edition of the dispatcher you've got a, a- a commentary titled Why Musk Must Push What You Call Not So Smart Summon, as we heard Alan has another name for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it starts out with a little bit, a little parable, something that I've, I've uh, used many times in, in life. Why Musk Must Push Not So Smart Summon. The, uh, the parable of the, of the frog crossing the river with the... Um, with a scorpion the scorpion says um you know can you please take me across and the frog thinks for a moment and says well if you know if, if he if he stings me i'm we're both going to go down and they get halfway across and the scorpion stings the, the the frog and they're both going down and he said why did you do it and just answers the question the scorpion said i had to it's in my nature and what elon does with with his smart summon and, and everything else around stupid his, summon his, yeah stupid <laughs> summon not i call it not so smart summon uh it's just <laughs> i'm not so nice <laughs> it's it's just like he needs to do this it's something that he he can't help himself you know he was slapped down by the by the uh by the u.s government and he just kept coming back and and finally he lost his job as the as the um the, the chairman so i know it's it's part of of what he does and 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 you know, in a way that's that's part of the success of the company because people they like what he does and they they support what he does. And uh, yeah, a lot of what cars. he does is really very good. And and as long as it's uh, it's uh, done properly, it 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 is really very good. The problem is is that it uh, has the illusion that maybe you can do more and more than what it can really do, and and then people get uh, get enamored by the uh, the illusion and mm-hmm. lose it. And they get, they get decapitated. They get decapitated. They they get decapitated, and it's it's <laughs> it's a real shame. And and you know he should come out and say, look, my automated emergency braking system doesn't work. If it's yeah. a fixed, if it's a stationary object ahead, it disregards it. It's in the code. There's 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 got to be a line of code there that says if my uh, approach velocity is equal to my current velocity disregard it because i think it's a bridge abutment that i can pass under oh well no it's a truck i can't pass under it whoops for for our listeners i want to mention that we're getting some occasional uh, electronic breakup in here so bear with us when when that happens Uh, continuing on with the conversation here michael uh in the dispatcher uh on top there's the question is this the end of the international auto show? Mm. Well, it was. It was. Um, 
inspired by an article that was written in our, our local newspaper, which is the national newspaper of, of Sweden. So if people are going to read it across the country, it's going to be read. And it's, it's been something that uh, I've been thinking about attending the last uh, three or four years of the Geneva Motor Show and not attending the, the uh, motor shows in, in uh, Germany and, and France because I just felt they were, they were too big. They weren't really you know, approaching the problems that, that I felt the car industry had. They were sort of stuck somewhere back in the, in the 70s or the 80s. Uh, so this article kind of touched a nerve. Uh, so rather than just going back and writing something on my own, I sent a note out to all the readers of uh, the dispatcher, uh, got back uh, a no- quite a number of comments and maybe about uh, you know, 50% of those said, yes, please, you can, you can print what I've written. Uh, Alan, you were in there as well. Um, it was really an interesting set of, of responses and I hope that, that people will Very read uh, it's amazing. I, I mean, everyone had something in particular to say. Uh, I won't say that anyone was really negative. Some, some said you know, they're really they're irrelevant, so I don't, I don't really pay attention to them anymore. But everyone was kind of reflective about what, what was good about them and what was what needed to be improved. Um, in some, in summary, they have really passed into another another realm, and I, I think that. Uh, What's happening in the, at the Tokyo Motor Show is more likely what's going to have to happen in, in most of the other shows, or they're going to morph into the, the CES or other types of shows that, that have become much more relevant, even for the car industry. Interesting. And, and so much is online today that yeah. if you need information, it all seems to be there. Yeah, but you know, the, there's so many re- different reasons for attending a motor show. I, mean, I, I never could have gotten the feeling for how a, a car like the, the Volvo, the Polestar, was going to be received by people just kind of passing by and making comments and looking at it. So the last two motor shows, the first one was two years ago was, was Polestar 1, uh, the hybrid, and then this, this year, the Polestar 2. And really very different comments, um, you know, people sitting in there. And, and what I do is just kind of stand by and listen and watch. And that's the kind of thing you can't get online. You know? And you just get a feeling for what's, what's going to happen that might be interesting, what's going to happen that might be completely irrelevant, and what's going to happen that might not be so good at all. It's a great and point. The, you know, they've changed over the years. The, all of the, all the 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 models, the female models, kind of crawling all over the cars. That 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 disappeared in most places, um, except in Russia. And and I, finally, it didn't disappear from the the Chinese uh, motor shows. But you know, that that was part of the whole the shtick. That was you, know, you went to the motor show and you got the, you you were entertained. And part of the entertainment value is lost now. Yeah, and, and it also may be that, in fact, the automobile industry is not selling something different. I mean, at, at a point yeah. when you're selling um, uh, horsepower uh, fins and chrome, um, you do it one way. If you're now then uh, all of a sudden uh, really selling in the environmental, the efficiency, the, the now this is really a mobility uh, machine for you to really get around and improve your quality of life and getting around it it may be a different thing and as and especially if now it's part of the 
the uh, comfort of being inside has all to do about how, how you're being entertained and the gizmos that are in there. And maybe a gizmo show like CES is, is you know, ends up being the, the better venue for them to, um, to put out their product. I don't know. Yeah. Dick, I want to remind you, you're free to jump in here any, any point okay. you choose. But moving on here, uh, some other news. In Forbes, there was a piece of Brad Templeton uh, now is questioning with a price increase to $7,000 for full self-driving, whether or not Tesla vehicle buyers might be better off putting that money into Tesla stock than in the automated uh, full self-driving feature. Uh, yeah, well, you know, Brad is out there putting that in there. Whether or not we believe the full self-driving um, uh, stack is really a, the appropriate stack is uh, is another question. Um, I tend to have made the comment uh, with respect to that 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 in fact it may very well be because because um, it provides the hardware, the thing that you can't over the air update easily. Um, as uh, the better algorithms and the better um, uh, code and the more and the smaller code and the more efficient code comes in there to do even more. So in a sense, um, there may be, you know, one path uh, to getting more capabilities into a car, and that is by having uh, more and more hardware and brute forcing it. Uh, to do it, uh, that's one path. The other path is is that the algorithms uh, actually become much more elegant. There are more breakthroughs in terms of being able to do the computations more efficiently, memory being smaller, doing it with with um, uh, more with basic sensors, uh, a lot of vision and and. Uh, not requiring the lidar and so on and so forth. So that's a, that's the second path. And then basically, if you're putting up the money, you're ba- you're betting on that second path to be the path, not the path that it's going to take a, a, a brute force approach and more and more hardware. Uh, so um, uh, I think that that's the comments that he's making and uh, and. Uh, and uh, suggesting that you either put it into uh, Tesla stock or or buy the hardware or maybe put it somewhere completely different is uh, the other option. You've said before, though, it seems that the real reason for buying a Tesla is to get this capability. Yeah, I think, well, that's, that's what I argue, that, that <laughs> the capability is, because fundamentally it, it – it does work pretty well in the places where it works. The problem is, is that it doesn't yet know where it doesn't work well. And you've got to continue to pay attention. You have to be able to have your Superman suit on and rip open your shirt and take (laughs) over and save the day. If the thing all of a sudden doesn't happen. And that's because of, of the limitations of the system as it exists. Uh, but I guess I'm still uh, optimistic that um, that the uh, algorithms will get better. Um, that uh, I, I tend to think that yes, driving is is a hard thing, but in fact, it's one of the easier things that we do. Uh, we have, um, you know, I'd like to talk about the flea that's in my office that flies around and doesn't collide into the into the walls and splat blood on its blood all over the walls and what does it have like three neurons that does the collision avoidance that of course has more than three neurons 
neurons, but it doesn't have much of a brain <clears throat> to do its collision avoidance. So in fact, to do collision avoidance really doesn't take that much. It does take, you have to do it quickly. You have to be aware and you have to be awake all the time. Um, and so uh, I think that our algorithms will evolve to be able to actually do it with vision, with relatively uh, 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 sensors that, uh, that don't need much advance, uh, more advancement than where they are now. So that if you have the sensors and if you have the memory and you have the processing power, uh, that that really it's the elegance and the quality of the algorithms as they get better and better and smaller and smaller, not bigger and bigger, that in fact they then can be over the air downloaded onto this hardware and have it work. So that's that's the path that, that Brad is talking about. And um, and that's the path that, that Elon is putting out there. And, mm. uh, uh, and that's the path that... Uh, should we bet one way or another way? Uh, Michael, why don't yeah. you jump in there a little bit? Uh, well, this yeah. the, the last, the, the musing section of the last uh, dispatcher. I haven't yet received any comments. I sent this out to the beginning of this week. Um, and I'm really, I was hoping to, to, to have more of a discussion about what it is that we're doing with cars like Tesla's. The, the title of the musings is called The Will to Charge. And what I've said here is that, that um, looking at all of uh, many of the comments for why people initially were interested in buying a Tesla and are interested in buying a number of other cars is that it's an electric car. Uh, in Norway, you can get, basically get the car for free uh, because of all of the, the incentives. But, but in, the, in the end, you have to be willing to buy an electric car. And that's that, in my mind, that's why people buy Teslas, not because they're going to get autopilot or, or some of the other features. Those are nice. But the, the main reason why people buy it and put up with all the other stuff with Teslas and electric cars is because they want an electric car. Um, and the, the point is, why is it that people are buying more Tesla electric cars than, than they bought of any other version? And why I think they're going to continue to do that. Um, and again, saying that you know, it's great that there's all of this add-on that people can get over-the-air updates and they like that. And that they can have features that they, that they can show off to their friends and neighbors. And, and some of them work, some of them don't. But in the end, it's about electric cars and what, what we're trying to do, we meaning the governments um, and environmentalists, to get more and more people to drive and buy electric cars. So I think, we, I don't know whether Brad Templeton makes, I didn't read his article, so I'm not really sure if he, if he, if this is just kind of a sideline. Uh, he, 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 he does not, he does not make that argument. And I agree fundamentally that, that your argument is, is absolutely right. That, that, that in fact, it, it, it is really, it's not pointed out enough that, that it, it was, it is really brilliant that Tesla has invested in the supercharger network yeah, to yes. charge to have places to charge these cars. They recognized very early that in and that in fact range anxiety was the biggest um, uh, cold shower that sure. that um, that uh, electric vehicles can take. Uh, the fact that, uh, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to go 80 miles to the grandma's house, even though I never go to grandma's house. Uh, you know, that, that anxiety, uh, 
basically when it comes to do I put the money down or don't I, it's obvious. It just, people pick up the money and go buy, um, go buy um, a Subaru or something, you know, I mean, they just say, forget about it. And, and the fact that, that they've emphasized this, this, this network, they put it together, they put it together in North America, putting it together in Europe, um, uh, a substantial financial investment on their part is absolutely brilliant. Uh, nobody else has done that, yeah, right, Michael? Two, I did receive two, two notes from readers, and both of them sent me Along with their note, they sent me a, an article about how Ford is now going to be the, the biggest game in town when it comes to, to electric vehicles because they're building a, an electric charging network. So, And I wrote back to, to both of them and said, please read the end of the article. Because in there, I've said, it's Volkswagen. It's Volkswagen who's building this network. And Ford, who will probably be bought by, by Volkswagen in, within the next year or two, um, they're just kind of tagging along but they're they're putting out notices like it's their network it's Volkswagen who's doing this yeah and they're, and and they're there is they've just begun to do it though yes. how long has Tesla been doing it? and they've been doing it I guess since 13 years for the From very the beginning. beginning they they yeah. realized that they realized nobody's gonna buy these cars because exactly. even though that you know we give them a, a somewhat of a big range the range anxiety if anything any auto maker knows is that anxiety is is the it's it's all the perception aspect there's forget reality it's all perception and dick we just heard uh, michael uh, sort of uh, t talk about the possibility of volkswagen buying ford in this report uh, that that you and alan wrote you, you did talk about partnerships and consolidation i don't know if you talked about anything quite that big but there does seem to be quite a bit going on. There, there's a lot of stuff going on. I think it's kind of interesting with all the stuff we had in our report and everybody else talks about it, that the technology is not here now. It's going to take a long time. Uh, it looks like the automobile OEMs have not got the memo because they're still putting large amounts of money into it. And Ford and VW have put together a, a, a $3.5 billion deal. Uh, Waymo has a deal with, with uh, uh, Nissan. Uh, Honda's uh, teaming up with GM and Cruise. Uh, there's a lot of this stuff going on, and these are big names, and they're putting large amounts of money into this. Uh, they still, um, even even though the dates when they're going to have the magic cars out there has is, is delayed, uh, they still believe that that's the future. Um, it's interesting that we also point out the ones that are not part of these partnerships are Toyota, BMW, and Daimler. Uh, who are obviously major, major players, and they have, I guess they're doing it on their own. Uh, I, I can't imagine that they're going to ignore this, but they're, they, the number of partnerships is uh, with large dollars behind them is, is very impressive. Uh, Mike, yeah. Michael, you've commented about that yes. too, right? Yeah. There's a, another issue about why the, who these who these groups are and what they're doing. But you know, I, I've also said that that I guess in really in line with the report that you've, that you've written. Um, five years ago, when I started the dispatcher, it was, everyone was talking about this happening tomorrow. I mean, particularly because Google uh, and eventually Waymo were out there saying, you know, we, we have the solutions and, and even Tesla and Elon Musk, you know, it's, we're just, it's just around the corner. 
and five years ago, I just thought there needs to be a voice out there, a little bit of, of you know, slow down a bit because this isn't going to happen tomorrow. And the farther we've gotten, the more we realize now that it's not going to happen tomorrow. And some are even questioning whether whether self-driving should be should be happening at all. Driverless, driverless. We Driver. call it driverless. Yes. Sorryless, <laughs> yes. sorryless. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It slips yeah. in. It slips yes. in on me every yes. now and then as well. Yeah. One of the more Go interesting ahead. comments that happened recently was Chris Ermson, who, when he was at Google, said that when his sixteen-year-old, uh, when his son became sixteen years old, he would not need to get a driver's license. Well, he just pointed out that he was wrong about that. Um, <laughs> It's on this turn 16. Yeah. It's nice to hear people every now and then say that, gee, you know, what I said five years ago and you bought all my stock and my companies and made me very rich, but I was wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, th those things, uh, those, that's life, right? Um, yeah. But uh, as, as I guess we like to point out, uh, the auto companies can have benefited from this because this is this is given a new uh, this is an, introduced the safety aspects into cars. It's allowed them to to uh, they've moved from a situation in which in which they would only provide systems that gave warning. In other words, they they wouldn't even think about uh, doing overriding with the or. or doing something that the driver might not want to do uh, to now actually having systems in there that do override the drivers and that that provide other than than warnings so that's an enormous move and the and it the, the comfort and convenience of some of these um, the the intelligent cruise controls and the um, and the automated emergency braking and 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 lane centering pieces are, are things that it seems as if people are actually coming in the showrooms and buying, so so the industry is benefiting from this technology and and, and having people continue to come to showrooms and buy cars. Uh, what what uh, is not happening yet is the fact is that the autonomous taxis, driverless, uh, uh, a change business model in which it's mobility as a service. Uh, people no longer go in and, and buy cars uh, in in showrooms. Uh, they just um, they just get rides. It becomes it becomes a new mass transit. That's the thing that that um, that of course uh, the auto would be uh, would be. Uh, not so pretty for the auto industry unless they change their business model, which is very difficult to do. Uh, that has um, uh, uh, slowed down. That is not here. It hasn't even started, um, except for maybe in Chandler, Arizona, with one or two people. Well, on that note, Alan, Waymo has achieved another milestone. Its, it's Detroit plant is operating, installing hardware and software for automation into fleets of vehicles yeah they call it a detroit plant it's not really an assembly plant i guess they use the word to make it think like it's an assembly plant they're re there it's a it's a refurbishing plant is really what it is they're mm -hmm. receiving uh, um um uh, jaguars that i guess are manufactured in new zealand or someplace uh and uh, and basically just slapping on their um 
driverless, uh, their driverless package on top of it, the, the radars, lidars, cameras, uh, computers, and so on, and um, and equipping them to uh, begin to provide the service. So yes, it is a place in which they are beginning to do this at some scale, and some scale is uh, not the onesies, twosies, but maybe the hundreds and thousandsies. And uh, and so, but that's a that is a major advance uh, and a major step forward. And one has to go if one's going to scale with this. If one's going to do more than just uh, what one can do in in your garage, uh, one has to do what they're doing, and it looks like they're doing it. And they're out there with driverless. I mean, we've we talked about that before, obviously, but now they're saying more and more of its uh, cars. Uh, are rider only, and uh, eventually they all will be. Well, I haven't seen the. the uh, I haven't gotten confirmation of that yet. No. Uh, maybe somebody else has confirmation on it. Maybe somebody will write to us and say, "Hey, yes, 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 I took a ride in Chandler, and there was nobody in the car." Uh, that that is happening. And, I, I have read and my that. My student yep. who lives there I'm, and was there for for uh, uh, fall break. I told him. Ride around and see if you can find any. I mean, um, I, I maybe maybe I've been living in a cave. I haven't seen one yet. That somebody actually paying for a ride in a driverless, in a completely driverless vehicle for for somebody who said, "Hey, I want to go from A and B now." It's you know, it's an Uber trip with nobody, no driver in it. Um, um, I haven't. I haven't seen it yet, but maybe I've been living in a cave. I, I, I think it. there are some reports that it's happening, but we'll wait and see. I think we'll be hearing more in the, in the days to come. In Florida, uh, lawmakers and, and the governor have opened the door to automated vehicle research and development. Uh, but the public response, Alan, has been mixed, and it's even turning into a campaign issue, I think, in, in some of the state elections. Yeah, and it it has been in in some of the state elections. It's been in the past, but but again, I think uh, sure, no, nothing is a hundred percent, and there will be the detractors. But the uh, Florida is out there. Florida is a good place to do it. Um, Central Jersey is a good place to do it, as I've been as I've been saying too. And and we have a lot of detractors here. We may not even have any supporters. I'm, I'm still <laughs> trying to find a second supporter besides me, but. But, but whatever um um uh, yeah uh, and and florida has been in the in the game for some time uh they've um, they're also progressing um, appropriately um and um this is an this is an evolution uh, the revolution part of it as dick and i pointed out uh, maybe maybe over we're now at an evolution and hopefully it's it's still evolving uh, i mean I still think that the, the opportunity to provide mobility to people who don't want to drive or who can't drive um, is just such an important opportunity that we shouldn't miss out on it. If you look at the, the mobility that's afforded to those those folks, um, it really isn't very good compared to what the rest of us have who have a stable cars uh, in the driveway and can at a drop of the hat, just go from A to B uh, at essentially um, no cost, uh, no cost to us, a uh, cost on the environment, cost on everybody else. Um, in 
some sense um, uh, that's put uh, out of our mind and and um, and um, and we just go there and abuse. So oh, whatever. Dick, you have any thoughts on uh, on this uh, being a, a political issue? I guess everything is in, in some sense. I, I, yeah, that's one reason that we talked a little bit in our report about what's happening with uh, Uber and Lyft in different cities. Uh, and it's not just New York. You got Chicago. You got uh, California thinking about this. Uh, and if people are nervous uh, for economic reasons, largely uh, about, about having more shared vehicles in their neighborhood, uh, there is a worry that um, in some some cities uh, they may um, – uh, decide to uh, do the same thing for, for, for autonomous vehicles. You know, I know a, a friend of mine at, at, at Waymo uh, said they went into a major U.S. city a year or so ago and said, we're thinking of joining, of bringing our vehicles to your city. Uh, and the people in the city said, that's great. Here's 10 things you need to do. Uh, and Waymo's response was, thank you, but we'll go, we'll go to Phoenix. Um, so I, I think there is, a, there, there is a risk that people will, uh, say it's going to be taking jobs away, it's going to be uh, uh, adding to congestion, and there is a risk for local regulations. I don't see much of a risk for federal regulations, but there is a, li- a risk for local regulations that will slow this stuff down. Yeah, the, the, the one the thing that uh, uh, bristles me a little bit is the fact that it's going to add to congestion. Um, um, I think that's a very selfish um, uh, response because, uh, my goodness, uh, this is provide mobility to people who haven't had mobility before and, um, and improve their quality of life. And basically what we're saying when it's going to increase congestion is to say, oh, my goodness, uh, uh, don't take away the, the great advantage that I've had because that's um, – that's one of the things yeah. that bothers me about about the, the added congestion. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I, I think you're right, Alan, because I think uh, if people look on congestion as being the ultimate goal of transportation, the ultimate goal of transportation is to get people where they need to go when they need to be there. Right. Uh, and, if, and if we have to have greater congestion to get that done, um, um, I'd be willing to make that trade off. Right, and especially to get to provide that mobility um, uh, more across the board than than it's currently provided. You know, this is this is one of the problems with you know people's uh, emphasis on mass transit. The emphasis on mass transit is, uh, hey, get somebody else to ride the bus so that I can get the so that that reduce some of the congestion so I can drive my car uh, better. And and it's just uh, you know. It's it's not a very pretty argument when you when you look at it that way, um, um, and congestion pricing is all, also uh, also that that way. You know, if we do congestion pricing, you, hey, you know, you're you're not wealthy enough to uh, to, to to deserve to go at the time that uh, that is sort of the the uh, pristine time to go. You know. Uh, but th- those are the, the negative aspects of those concepts. Uh, they do have some positive aspects, but those are the negative aspects. Alan, in the in the latest Smart Driving Car newsletter, uh, you point out that the people developing self-driving cars should be paying attention to the travails of Boeing and the 737 MAX and all that we're learning about that. 
Well, yes, I sat there and I listened to the uh, hearings uh, this past week, and and uh, my goodness, uh, uh, to have uh, to to be there leading a company that really does have safety in mind, and if you look at the track record of a Boeing in terms of of airline safety. Uh, <laughs> Yes, we all want to be perfect, but that is so close to perfection. It's it's scary, and uh, and to have them uh, beat up as much as they were in that hearing. Yes, uh, there were two crashes. Yes, mistakes were made. They admitted to it. Uh, but one of the things that they they seem to be doing is they seem to be saying, okay. Uh, we didn't know what we didn't know. Now we know. Now we're fixing it as opposed to, um, I don't know, what some in the auto industry have done at times of maybe not, you know, throwing stones there. But, uh, hey, we didn't know what we didn't know. And now we're covering it up and we're going to hide it. And we're going to continue to not tell people about it. I mean, uh, which was the ugly part of the of Dieselgate. And and, um, and you look at Boeing here. Um, yes, there were problems. Yes, the the automated system was was designed using uh, you know 1960s 1970s mentality, um, and so on and so forth. But uh, and and I think what it also points out that is if you're not safe, you're going to pay for it. And Boeing has paid heavily for its non-safetiness. Uber has paid heavily for its non-safetiness. Elon Musk, um, not yet, but he will. uh, Because um, because if he doesn't put some sort of uh, constraint on this stupid summon... You know, it's not. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. I'm I'm so thrilled that 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 Tesla owners aren't as as off the wall as I as I sometimes thought they might be. Uh, but um, but I don't think anything good can happen out of stupid someone, and um, and he should shut it down. It has it has the the the, the expected. Uh, the expected uh, loss and the expected downturns associated with them are so, and that risk is so much greater than any potential value of here, here, come here, puppy dog, come to <laughs> my car, come out of its parking space. I mean, cut it. Sure, I have a narrow garage and I want to, and I can't open the door in my garage. And so go ahead, tuck it in. Fine. But you know, you don't need 200 foot range on that. You need 15 foot range, and it should be, you know, limited to that. You mentioned Uber, Alan. Uh, they've they've announced an an independent self driving safety and responsibility board. I guess a, a needed first step, anyway, right? I guess so, but it's you know it's internal, so it's for them. I don't think it's going to convince anybody in the in the public or or change the public's perception what they need to do is put their information out there to you know for truly independent entities to evaluate it and come up and and uh, provide a, uh, some reassurance that in fact uh, what they're doing is uh, is um, is kosher the department of transportation has announced 50 million dollars in new initiatives to improve access and mobility for all americans Sounds like a familiar theme, Alan, but uh, maybe 
I don't know. Fifty million doesn't sound like a lot when you're talking about this, but well, it's, it's something, and I'm I'm happy they're doing it. I'm thrilled they're doing it, and in fact, you know, it's what what the summit was about last May, the main target, and I'm glad that the, that's the focus. That you know, the focus should be the, the the real opportunity of this technology is again to provide mobility for folks who who haven't been able to drive or who wish not to drive, and mobility is correlated the quality of life and dick i suppose uh this shows the federal government is interested and and behind this um, to some extent i guess it does so <laughs> uh, 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 to some extent i think uh the comment you just made uh, fred is important i mean they've, they've had federal government has had a number of of uh, competitive procurements where they'll give 10 million or 15 million dollars to some state or location to do something new and exciting in in autonomous vehicles. Uh, uh, And that's peanuts. I think back to uh, when Mary Peters was secretary of transportation uh, under Bush, uh, they had a program to reduce congestion and they gave New York city $500 million uh, to do congestion pricing. And they gave large amounts of money, more than a hundred million dollars to two other places. But what we need to have, if we're going to really change this stuff, is if instead of giving out sort of five million or ten million someplace, give somebody a hundred million or two hundred million or more uh, to get uh, to, to, to to make to make real changes. It, it takes money. If you look at this as a ten trillion dollar a year industry or so on or whatever, some number that like that. You look at the amount that the, that the auto industry is investing in all the things that we've been talking about. It's in the billions. Uh, you know, a hundred billion have been, has been put up or so in the in the past. Uh, you know, five ten years or or less. Uh, you know, the, the, you need you need to put some more zeros behind these things. But you know, at least it's something. I think we we lack leadership, true leadership at the federal level. Uh, it'd be nice to have somebody in Congress say, in the next uh, Highway Act, we're going to have uh, a two billion dollar program to deploy autonomous vehicles, and it will only go to four places. Yeah, well, and not only just just with respect to, to the the vehicle. If you look at the infrastructure, also what what we're investing in our infrastructure, I mean, is like abysmal. But that's a whole different uh, uh, is, issue. But um, at some point, that's going to catch up to us. Heaven forbid if we would compare what we're investing in our infrastru- infrastructure compared to what China is investing in its. And uh, hey, uh, I'm not going to be around to be affected by it, but uh, a lot of people that are alive today will be around to be affected by it. Well, finally, uh, Alan, from the Washington Post, a report <laughs> on researchers at the University of Richmond getting rats to drive tiny cars. And rats that were driving, they said, had decreased levels of stress. Uh, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, you know, we all have to have fun. I'm uh, great. Uh, uh, I want less stress, too. I, uh, I'm for less stress and less anxiety. And um, great, wonderful. Um, life is good. Well, and on that note, uh, that'll wrap up this edition. We want to thank Michael Senna and Dick Mudge for being with us. Thank you both so much. Pleasure, Pleasure being with you.
Michael Dick, great having you. Uh, and enjoy your rest, the rest of your day and the rest of the weekend. Thank you. Pleasure being yeah. here. Thank you. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and more, wherever you get your podcasts. You can get your smart speaker to play us, too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening. Thank you, and enjoy, folks.